0: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
1: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. Head up, head up. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, has their fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, Convenient installation options and their selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer rated BF Goodrich All Terrain TA KO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products as well? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, just go to tirerackcom sports. Tirerack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Coming to you from beautiful, sunny Southern California. Hope you're having a great day. It is National Burger Day. National Burger Day. Uh, I have a plan in place for how to speak about, in loving terms, your and my favorite burger. But I'll do so upcoming. You can also tweet us at Gottlieb Show. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we're going to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player help you stay to the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Happy National Burger Day. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Um, All of us on the show will talk about our favorite burgers. What I do, I do, I will not allow you to do is beseech the name of other burgers. I don't know how we've gotten to this part in our culture, right? Like, if you like Five Guys, somehow In N Out sucks. If you like Whataburger, how could you possibly like Wendy's? If you like Tommy's, uh, this West Coast chili on every sort of burger, you can't possibly like Fat Burger. Okay? Why? Just tell me your favorite burger and why you love that burger specifically. Go into intricate detail. I, I There are very few cartoon characters I can relate to as much as I can relate to Wimpy because Wimpy loved hamburgers and I love hamburgers. I also love tacos, but I love burgers. So do you guys all understand the premise here. I'm not saying you can't love your burger. I'm saying you don't need to go to Negative Town and tell me why some other burger stinks. Well, you know, I love the Whopper, but the Whopper's so much better than the Big Mac. There's no need to be disrespectful. Speaking of disrespect, that's what Ezekiel Elliott felt, was coming from the Cowboys camp, going back to last Saturday when Jerry Jones said, Zeke Who? And, of course, Jerry, we played it for you yesterday. Jerry's like, I have earned the right. Write this down. I have earned the right. I have earned the right. Much like, you know, your grandpa's like, I have earned the right to be called Mr. Gottlieb, right? I have earned the right to joke about Ezekiel Elliott. So the latest in the Cowboys versus their running back saga. Is this Ed Werder? He always has more. Ed Werder, who's back at the mothership, right? Ed Werder tweeted out that the latest contract offer between the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott falls somewhere below that of Todd Gurley, above that of Le'Veon Bell. And they are at an impasse. Now, I'm guessing, and this is an educated guess, but still a guess that the tweet came from sources within the Dallas Cowboys. Right, uh, The tweet came from sources within the Dallas Cowboys because there is kind of an exact amount, not in terms of dollars, but we kind of get a sense it falls between the 13 and the 14. And it does paint the picture of Jerry Jones having reached his limit and he feeling disrespected. Matter of fact, I'm sure he feels like Ezekiel Elliott is well, one of the things that no one wants a child to be. No one wants an employee to be. No one wants a friend to be. No one wants a lover to be. No one wants anyone to be. Ungrateful. Ungrateful. Now, what happens in our PC culture is if I tweet it out that Ezekiel Elliott is ungrateful. I would get a response from the far left idiots of Twitter that would say a typical white billionaire owner wants black football player to kiss his feet and take less than he demands and wants him to be grateful for the pennies he's spending him. But the true context of this is Jerry stood by all his guys. You go back and look, Michael Irvin. Stood by him. Even post-retirement and Deion Sanders playing for other teams, Deion Sanders stood by him. There have been players said negative things about Jerry, and Jerry has not come out and crushed them. Jerry stood by Romo during his first season, and by the way, rightfully so. They should have played Romo and not Dak in the playoffs. Jerry has stood by his guys, through thick and through thin, through knucklehead and solid citizen. And for Ezekiel, in the context of this story, he built a system so that Zeke could be successful. And I'll gr- grant you that it's not Jerry as the architect, but if we're going to give Jerry any credit, we should give him credit for fostering a system that that has allowed the growth of his running backs. Nothing happens in the football or the business office, the Dallas Cowboys, without at least the express approval of, of Gerald Jones, INC. Additionally, when the commissioner wanted to take a season away from Ezekiel Elliott, he went to the mattresses. Cherry Jones did.
6: You gotta go to the mattresses.
2: Mattresses is a Godfather reference. If you don't know it, I feel really, really bad for you. You need to go watch The Godfather. It's not too dated a reference. He went to the mattresses. He tried to get Roger Goodell fired. It was a coup d'etat. That's what they tried to do. They tried to usurp the power. I love the word usurp. Usurp the power of the commissioner of the National Football League. Unsuccessfully. And of course, uh, the retort from the commissioner was he got a contract extension. I like them apples, Jerry. Jerry Jones went to the mattresses for Ezekiel. Elliott. And by the way, I'm sure he went back to the mattresses after the nonsense in Vegas that happened over the offseason as well. By the way, we're in a, we're in a time of the me too movement. We're in a time where finally men have locked arms with women and said, enough of domestic violence. Keep your hands to yourself. If not, you can't play professional sports. He went against all political correctness, all culture. And stood by his guy. And now he offers him slightly less than what everyone deems to be a bad contract with Todd Gurley. And though it's at the same time that Todd Gurley got his deal done last year, it's also a year later after we've seen Todd Gurley not produce nearly the level he should in the playoffs. Matter of fact, they found C.J. Anderson off the street. But he... He doesn't have to do this with Zeke. Zeke's under contract this year, under contract next year. We're not even getting into the franchise tag. This is not a Le'Veon Bell situation where Le'Veon Bell was a free agent. Nope. And so while Zeke let it out that he felt disrespected by a joke that everyone knew to be a joke about Tony Pollard making, um, uh, allowing the Cowboys for at least a game to forget about the talents of Zeke Elliott. Jerry feels even worse than being disrespected. He feels like Zeke Elliott is ungrateful. Right? If there's things you want to teach your kids to be, teach them to be respectful, teach them to be grateful. Like my greatest pride as a parent and my greatest pride as a coach. Last night I had uh, tryouts, for my basketball program. I had 22 or so kids uh, in one session. And I would say about 13 of them came up and said, thank you, coach. That's all you really want. That's all you really want. I gave up two hours of my time with my family. My three kids are still on vacation before summertime. To work some kids out, to, to continue to, to load up and help just teach basketball. I, I don't make, I, I try not to lose money, but I don't make money out of the deal. And all you want is something to be grateful. Jerry has taken the Dallas Cowboys, America's team from the brink of bankruptcy to being the most valuable franchise in all of American sports. He's built a palace to both play in and another palace to practice in. He takes care of his guys on and off the football field during and after they play. And when they get into a kerfuffle, even with the commissioner of the National Football League, he has their back. And in an effort to paint the picture of what's really going on, he signed Jalen Smith to talk about the size of the pie. Not as much pie left. And now he lets us in on the fact that. Look, we didn't offer him to be the top paid running back, but the second highest paid running back above that of Le'Veon Bell And we don't actually even have to do this deal. And this guy hasn't shown up to work out. My guess is that Jerry Jones has gotten to the point where he feels like Ezekiel Elliott is ungrateful. And that is a hard thing to erase. It's also a hard barrier to push because if Jerry Jones relents and pays him more, what then for Dak? What then for Amari? What then for Byron Jones? These guys aren't idiots. They sense weakness, much like rafters, And they sick on it. Right, we got a lot to get to. NFL rules expert Mike Pereira joins the show upcoming next. What's the preseason been like for the officials with the new replay policy on pass interference? And what will we see differently this year in the National Football League? Remember, last year it was about the use of the helmet. And people lost their minds in the preseason. We haven't heard as much about that this year. The king of all replay officiating on national television, Mike Pereira, joins us next.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week.
2: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to tireact.comslash sports to see their Toyo tire test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tireact.comslash sports. Tireact.com, the way tire buying should be. Getting ready to take on spring?
7: make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets real steel offer valid on select AK sets through June 16, 2024
2: see participating retailer for details tonight Fox's entire pregame crew along with Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Aaron Andrews and Mike Pereira will broadcast Jags Dolphins from Miami, side of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54, which will be broadcast on Fox this February. The action all starts tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on your local Fox station. So, great run-through for our Fox crew. Remember, it's in Miami. I broadcast a game there before, but uh, you know usually that's a CBS site, AFC, so they get a chance to... You know, to, to, to work through all the different machinations. It's like a, a trial run so that when the Super Bowl comes around, you can't say, well, I've never done one from this stadium or from this camera or seen this camera location, et cetera, et cetera. Mike Pereira has created this cottage industry, right? Of former officials or heads of officials who help us see what we're missing on live television. And he's kind enough to spend a little bit of time with us here on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox sports radio. Mike, thanks so much for taking time. You know, what's, uh, what's interesting to me is last preseason, there was so much discussed, so much discussed about officiating. Um, this season, there really hasn't been that much. What, what are the different outside of the change in pass interference being reviewable? What else has changed? For officials this season,
8: well,
9: I think the big thing is is that everyone, and including me, thought that this whole review of past interference was going to be a total mess. Um, we all thought it was good. the games were going to be stopped four or five times, and and what we have found out is that's not the case. And in my own mind now, after going through two weeks and looking at all the games, what I thought might be a disaster is actually working very well. Um, and, and, and I think that's taken the controversy off. I mean, when you look at it, there has been just over one stoppage a game for pass interference. And in the preseason coaches are clearly more aggressive. They're not worried that, you know, about losing the timeout, and they're, they're trying to find the standard of what Al Riveron is going to use in New York to overturn calls. And, through the first two weeks, that he has not overturned a single call that was made on the field. If pass interference was called, either offense or defense, he has stayed with that call. Now, he has changed seven decisions, but that was only adding pass interference. So if a coach challenged that there was pass interference on the play that wasn't called, then you're back to the Ram Saints situation, and, and he is changing those if he has clear and obvious uh, um, visual evidence to do so. So I think the anticipation of the fans, the anticipation of the media that this was going to be an awful thing is proven not to be true. And I, for one, have flipped and said maybe – one of the most inconsistently called penalties, clearly the hardest one to call on the field as an official, is going to be more consistently ruled with this, um, you know, new rule in replay. So I think that's lessened the heat on the officials.
2: Mike Pereira joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. All, all right, well, let, let's move aside from the from the PI stuff. Last year it was about you know contact and use of the helmet and there was this mass freak out and of course uh similar to what's happened in the preseason with the PI calls um we it, it seems to have already it it seemed, I mean la- last year in the regular season it wasn't as big an issue as the officials kind of adjusted and we right. and the players adjusted as well is there anything of that nature points of emphasis that we should watch for that will affect especially early season football
5: clearly
9: and that's offensive holding i mean to to see the stats you know When I was in the league office, it was the same way with Jerry Seaman and Dean Blandino and Carl Johnson and now Al Riveron. Coaches have a mechanism to send in complaints. And the number one complaint, ten times more than any other um, pass interference being the second one, by the way, it's offensive holding. There are more misses in offensive holding than any other part of the game. So this year they clarified to say they've taken away the old notion of It has to have an effect on the play. Um, So you didn't call the backside holds. Well, now the instruction is out to call the backside holds, and there are so many holds being called in in this preseason so far that 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 is the single element that has changed the most. But, again, they're calling a lot and probably overreacting. Nobody wants a game with 25 penalties a game. And I think much like the illegal use of the helmet last year in the first two weeks of the preseason where we saw so many, we'll start seeing less holding calls being made this week moving forward into the regular season. And people ask me, Doug, they they used to ask me when I worked in the league office and ran the program, are you calling more penalties in the preseason to make a point and will you ease up once the regular season starts? And I used to say absolutely not i said i we are going to call the game the same way in week one of the preseason as we are going to call it in week 17 of the regular season i was such a liar um you know i mean there's no question that in the preseason you make a point you get the players to adjust some and then you back off because you certainly don't want to ruin a game that already has a lot of stoppages. So, the holding to me is the one that we have to watch more closely than pass interference.
2: That's the voice of Mike Pereira, our, our own Dean of Officiating, NFL Rules Expert, Mike Pereira. Uh, you can watch Fox tonight. Now, you got Big Fox, Troy Aikman, Aaron Andrews, Joe Buck, and of course, Mike will be there as well. Jags, Dolphins, side of the Super Bowl, and we got our Super Bowl crew calling tonight's preseason game. Um, Okay, so one of the things you mentioned holding, there's also you know this is the the, the day and age of the RPO, right? And what the difference right. the difference in the college rule where you're allowed around three yards uh, down the field, right? You can go three yards past the line of scrimmage in terms of even as pass blocking, uh, right. and for the NFL it's it's a yard and there's a little bit of a gray area there. Do NFL coaches? I mean, obviously the defensive coaches want it called more stringently, but do NFL coaches want that called tighter?
9: Well, I mean, I I think they do, and like you say, especially defensive coaches, because it's hard to differentiate between, you know, what's a run and a pass when you get into these situations. But it's also very difficult to call, because, you know, it used to be the umpire was the official that made that decision, because he was lined up right on the defensive side of the line of scrimmage, so he knew when a player reached him that he was more than a yard downfield. Now he's in the offensive backfield, so he can't make that call. So it has to be called from the outside. So with it being more difficult, they really have loosened the standard a little bit, Doug. It's almost like saying, okay, book says one, uh, let's stretch it to two. Um, so as long as he's within a two yard belt of the line of scrimmage, then then, then let's let it go. Um, let's make the offensive lineman be more than two yards, or at least reach the two yards downfield before we called. And I think again common sense that's just the way that you have to look at it we call it philosophy the philosophy of how you apply the rules so um clearly that's a difficult one to call and and um and they've worked on that but that's not one to me that you know when we get coaches complaints that really wasn't one that uh, they complained about very much because Usually, little impact on the play, but um, you know, I was listening to you before the game, before we came, I came on, and you were talking about being here in Miami, you know, and and doing the walkthrough, which is why we are here, right. and that's why Jimmy Johnson and all the pregame show guys uh, are here this weekend, and it's we're even at the same hotel that we're going to be at at Super Bowl, and I'm happy to say at this walkthrough that I do know based on last night that the fire alarm system. Works perfectly at two a m in the morning and at two zero five in the morning and at two ten in the morning Man. so totally prepared now for Super Bowl Wait, do
2: you think that is that the cBS guys is that what they're trying to do they're trying to rattle you that's, right you
9: That's that, it that might be it yeah, that I might know. be it that's Gene Steratore trying yeah. to rematch. I know and Gene Starrett, going he has into the game and he
2: tonight. he has that gosh dang strut too right like Gene has oh, that I, damn strut that cocky sucker you know he just he that's looks why so I will cool never
9: You'll never see me in public with him. I don't want him to show me up with that walk of his as me. I walk like a stooped over 70 year old man.
2: Yes, but you have the beautiful suits, right? You got the great hair. You got the spectacles. Like everybody kind of has their thing. He's got the stereotor strut, but the strut doesn't actually translate on TV. You have to remember the <laughs> stereotor
9: strut. That's true. That is true. I like that. You make me feel
2: better thanks well well good I but I know it's those CBS, CBS guys you, they are they are they are spinal little suckers all right give me give me one other thing you mentioned offensive holding we discussed this replay one other thing that we as football fans should brace for or watch for that might appear to be a little bit different called more called less than it has been in the past
9: Well, I think the one thing we want to look for is the pace of game. The league doesn't want longer games. And even if, and and I know this is going to happen, there's going to be less than one stoppage per game for pass interference. Um, Even if that's the case, you're still going to get as many as 200 more stoppages um, over the course of the season. So how are they going to make up that time, um, you, you know, to try to keep the game at, three hours and five minutes long. So um, they're going to do it by trying to get the ball set up quicker, by getting teams after a touchdown and a try to get them lined up quicker for the kickoff. The pace is going to increase. And and also I think we'll see less challenges in terms of and less stoppages by replay officials when it comes to catch, no catch, and those types of things. If they they look at it, if New York and Al Riveron look at it one time, And they don't feel they have enough to overturn it. Then I think they won't even stop it, so that we don't get you know bogged down. So I I think we'll see a better pace of game overall, which I think is good.
2: Yeah, it's amazing how many years we wasted on that catch no catch thing, and we seem to have we seem to have finally finally pulled out of it. Great stuff, Mike. Enjoy Miami. Hopefully, you get a little nap. I mean, you are older, and I mean, listen, you need a nap. I I, I don't want I don't want grumpy. I don't want grumpy. I don't want I'm, grumpy I'm prayer. Ready to go. Yeah, all right. I don't want, <laughs> I want, want grumpy. And there's plenty of places in Miami you can eat early as well and get a little discount. Oh, my God.
5: M- and often, by the way.
2: And, and and often. Indulge. We'll see you tonight on TV. Thanks for joining us.
5: You got it. You're welcome. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
2: Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. We mentioned uh, NFL officials on preseason. This, this is interesting. Uh, Sean McVay said this in regards to preseason football, not to say there's not an appreciation for what the preseason entails and playing real football, but I I think there's a lot of merit to that. But when you look at some of the continuity, now we have on both sides of the ball coming back and you say, if something were to happen, is it really worth the risk in our mind? We just feel like the answer is no, that approach that's the approach we're taking. I totally understand if people don't agree with that, but we always make decisions that are in the best interest of our team. That's Uh, that's really for this unit. Does that mean we'll always have the luxury? I think you have a different number of returning players and the narrative is a little bit different. Doug Peterson, head coach of the Eagles, who of course won the Super Bowl two years ago. Sometimes you you don't get all the situations in the game. You'd like to see your players in. So practices. uh, So practices, I can set practices up that way and I can set them up hard. I can set them up when we're in pads or going live whatever it might be, that we can get really a true evaluation of a player. Now, Josh Allen is a player. He said, I wouldn't say that I'm at any point that's I need to be at all, that I'm at any point that I need to be at all. There's still a lot of work I got to do and continue to get better. The team's getting better. I'm getting better. That's all you can ask for. There's nothing like live reps. I appreciate what he, he's my head coach, he's doing and how he has helped me progress so far. We're working to become the best version of ourselves and that we can do every day. There is a lot of discussion about preseason NFL football potentially going away or being cut down. Right. And I think there is something that Daniel Jeremiah joined us yesterday and, and his idea along with Hunter Henry was two traditional games and then two of these kind of joint scrimmages you put, make the joint scrimmages into something fun. You incorporate the fans so people get a little bit more bang for their buck. I, I'm, I'm just telling you like the Pro Bowl. I'm telling you like anything else. This is a business. Hey, this is a business. And if if you honestly and sincerely think that the NFL's owners, billionaires, Many, I mean, any any of the recent owners, of course, have paid billions to get into the business for one second are going to go, you know what? Hey, we're making millions of dollars in the preseason football. Let's just not make millions of dollars anymore. I mean, there's almost no overhead as well. They cut down the overhead in terms of trade. You guys know how this works with travel. They They give each team like a request for the four teams that they want to play. And that's why they play the teams generally that are in their region. The, the only real difference is the Saints try and get out of the South, out of the heat. And, uh, you know, Breeze has, lives in San Diego, so they do that a little bit for him. And so they get a the chance to scrimmage. But, like, there's a reason the Rams scrimmage against the Chargers, play against the Raiders. Yes, they did the Cowboys thing this year. But remember, the Cowboys are out in the West Coast as well, always have been. Like they cut down the overhead because you're not paying most of these guys to play. And even though you have 90 guys and travel costs and whatever, you're not traveling across the country. You're usually doing something local. You're playing two games at home. So there's no travel costs at all. You keep the costs low. They charge regular season ticket prices as part of the season ticket package that you have to pay. So we can all say, Hey, is it just two games should just go away. I'm not sure you understand how negotiations work. Right? You got to give some to get some. I talked with the NFL GM this morning and he was like, yeah, I just, I don't see our owner going, Hey, that's okay. We won't make any money anymore. Like, wow, you know, you already have those open scrimmages. Yeah, but they don't charge any money for that. Right? They don't charge any money for people to come watch practice. Additionally, these huge stadiums, there's another part that is not being discussed. You have these stadiums that are built. Many of, many of these stadiums are either built on the dime, almost all are built on the dime of the taxpayer, and the logic is pretty sound. Like, I know that it's not popular to say this, but here's the reality. They use the stadium 10 times a year minimum, 10 times. So if I'm an NFL owner and I spend all this money to run my team and to locate in your city... Why do I have to spend money to build a stadium that I'm only going to use 10 times? Why? I'd rather rent it. Because if you don't pay for it, somebody else will, because it's not just about the money that you make off of the game. It's about the money, all the restaurants, all the bars, all the parking, all the jobs in and outside of the stadium that I I, I just, I I don't think people have a realistic conversation. So they're almost all built on either taxpayer money or tax credits, which is kind of one of the same thing. And by the way, when you build a stadium, if you have anybody, you know, you have like I, I'm a city and I'm going to pay for it. I'm only going to use workers from my area, which is generally what happens Too expensive to board workers or whatever. But remember, you make money on every permit. You make money on everything when you're a city. So even if you're using taxpayer money, you're still getting that money back because you're employing people. And when you employ people, they make money and they pay taxes. It comes back to you in spades. Anyone who says otherwise is really, 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 really being disingenuous with the facts. But okay, you want to do away with two preseason games? You know what that does? That cuts away one home date. So with all the talk of eliminating preseason football or a preseason game or two preseason games, there has to be some reality talk into how are owners going to make back the money that they lose because they're not going to make less money per year because everything else costs more. Players cost more. Marketing costs more. Transportation costs more. Equipment costs more. Coaches cost more, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So all of a sudden we're going to make a little bit less money. Not happening. The Pro Bowl is not going away because people watch it. The preseason is not going away because people watch it. And both make money. They're especially not going away unless you got another plan to make the same or more money. So I'm not saying what Sean Payton and Doug Peterson isn't saying is not a reality. The Colts aren't going to play their starters in their third preseason game either. But if you think these things are going away, you better have a plan for how owners are going to make back the lost revenue. Coming up next, guess who thinks Antonio Brown is not going about the helmet issue the right way? Find out next.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week.
2: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to Tireac.com sports to see their continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's Tireac.com sports, Tireac.com, the way tire buying should be.
7: Getting ready to take on spring?
2: Continue to take your uh, tweets on your favorite burger, music. Have you worked out? We can do. Here's what I want to do. Okay, this is important. I want to do your favorite kind of like mainstream chain burger, and then if you have a side kind of burger as well that you wanna you wanna discuss, we, we can. Um, your favorite or or one of your favorite mainstream burger. You don't like the idea. I I just I've never understood these guys. Like man. I ain't ever eaten five guys. I'm I'm an In-N-Out guy. Now, In-N-Out might be your favorite. Carl's Jr. might be your favorite. Jack in the Box might be your favorite. McDonald's might be your favorite. I I don't know. Um, We'll get into this next hour. It's National Burger Day. I love burgers. In the meantime, let's get to a game. Game
5: time! This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show.
2: Mm -hmm. Brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score. Checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at Discover.com slash credit scorecard limitations apply. Ralph Irvin,
10: what do you have? Well, today, Doug, we have Guess who? Ralph Irvin? Yes. Why you said guess who? I said Ralph Irvin. Eh, no, it's not me. I am not a correct answer. Okay. Uh, Guess who is taking shots at agents in the NFL, saying they do not always act in the best interest of the player they represent? Mm. I'm going to go Jerry Jones. Nope. Ooh, so close. It's Stephen Jones. Uh He says, quote, I have a lot of respect for, you know, most agents. I really do. I think they're trying to do their job for these players, but I do think sometimes they don't have the end game that maybe the player should and we do.
2: Mm. Hmm. I think that's accurate. I don't always think it's the agent either. You know, sometimes it's the, like uh, John Gruden said, a lot of voices in their ear, right? I think uh, there's a lot of voices in their ear. So I think that has uh, at least a portion to do with it.
10: Well, and of course, people around a player never really fully understanding what the player wants in terms of the game itself. Well, they, they also they assume that everything is about the bottom line. And yes, the bottom line is the bottom line for a reason, but that's not the only thing that, that occurs. All right, next up, guess who is an all-pro in the NFL and disagrees with Antonio Brown and how he handled this helmet situation? Oh, there's
2: so many guys, so many guys, so many guys. All-pro, all-pro
10: receiver? All-pro, period. Aaron Rodgers. Nope. Tom nope. Brady. Nope. Nope. That would be Le'Veon Bell, ah. who says, quote, as a skill player, it's kind of hard to change your helmet, especially when you've been playing so long with it. I understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, it's a rule. So you have to change your helmet. Him fighting for it, not showing up for practice. I don't really agree with that. Um, OK, I mean, I, I
2: I think we actually all agree with Le'Veon Bell. Like this is the least crazy thing Le'Veon Bell has said
10: in a long, long time. What if he said it in a rap form? That'd be fascinating. That'd be fascinating. Guess who isn't worried about Amari Cooper missing time during the preseason due to a foot issue? Mm. Who isn't worried? Who is not worried? Jason Garrett? Nope. Jerry Jones? Nope. Now the answer would be... Jack Prescott. Oh, Amari Cooper. (laughs) Amari Cooper. He says, I'm not really worried. It's not really that bad, especially just walking around. But to do the things that I do on the field, obviously I'm cutting really hard. I'm stopping really hard. Yeah, this is his way of holding out without holding out. So it is. And avoiding training camp. It's mm-hmm. what guys do. Uh, guess who is a head coach in the Big Ten and recently accused coaches in the SEC of being cheaters? Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to beat the cheaters, he said when discussing other SEC schools. Name another school that competes with the Blue Bloods athletically. We're talking Ohio State. Alabama Clemson while competing with them academically, Stanford, Northwestern, and Princeton.
2: I would say Stanford, uh, but I, I understand what he's getting to, that they have to have legit student athletes there. Notre
10: Dame would be the other one, right? Notre Dame was in the
2: college football playoff last year, were they not? And they they could be with Mac. Um so I and I think I think cheaters is a very loose term. I think it does play into the stereotype of the SEC, but I think that stereotype is there for reason. I, I don't think anyone in college football
10: is going to disagree with him. I I certainly wouldn't. I would not. Uh, Next up, guess who blames the media for creating a narrative that won Giannis, the MVP, and not James Harden? Guess who says, wait, what? what? Guess who blames the media for creating a narrative? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Once uh, the media, they create a narrative about somebody from the beginning of the year, I think they just take that narrative and run with it the entire season. I don't want to get into details. All I can do is control what I do there are only a few other seasons that anybody has ever done what I did last year. That was James Harden. Look, James Harden was great. Giannis was great too. I
2: mean, like, I mean, the Bucks had the best record in the NBA. Giannis helps you at both ends of the floor. Giannis scored more points per game. I I don't think the, do I think the media does, you know, get in on a narrative like, yeah, but there was also the narrative of James Harden has been awesome. And look at how their season changed once he came back and
10: was healthy. So, I you know, this this does feel like sour grapes from him. And finally, guess who wasn't allowed in the Astros locker room after their loss to the Tigers last night? Probably the Astros.
2: Nope. Maybe Justin Verlander?
10: Nope. The 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 Detroit Tigers? Nope.
2: I have, no, I have no idea
10: then it would be the reporter from the detroit free press who justin verlander informed before the game that he would not talk to the media if he was in attendance and so the astros kept him out of the locker room until verlander was done who is that uh the reporter is da, 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 have it here anthony Fennick, who at verlander's request was verlander was adamant that he would not speak to any credentialed media while he was present that he is exhibited unethical behavior in the past huh okay so it, it is his right it is funny that was the
2: largest spread they were the biggest the, the tigers are the biggest underdog in the history of major league baseball and they won last night as david the reason david gascon is off work is he's had to pick up a second job because he was the one that said that's his locked bet of the night and that's uh, ralph Irvin with game time
5: that's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
2: All right, there's a report out. report out that Tom Brady. All signs pointed this being Tom Brady's last season. While I, while I don't think it's an accurate report. Yeah, I can I can tell you why, based upon really smart research, why it's not a fact. Next on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week.
2: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to Tyreq.com/sports to see the Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's Tyreq.com/sports. Tireac.com, the way tire buying should be. Getting ready to
7: take on spring?
2: Brought to you by farmers at Farmers. We've seen almost everything, so we don't know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player, help you stay out of the game, put their experience into play at farmers.com.
9: We are farmers. All right,
2: welcome in. It's Doug Gottlieb Show. You know, there's a report out there from Adam Schefter. And it's uh, it, it's really important that I I, I want to point out I've worked with Shefty. I know him personally. I think he's a good dude. And, and and you have to understand that while his report uh, is based upon quality sourcing, I, I will tell you, I will explain why I, why I disagree with it in a moment. First, here's Adam Schefter.
7: You know, people forget that people have lives and they have families.
9: And sometimes, you know, you want to do what's best for your wife, or your kids. And Tom is 42 now. I'm sure that his family has sacrificed plenty for him to do what he's done, and to be as dedicated as he is to his job, to do it at the level he has. So, again, if it's me just looking at it from the outside, I'm just reading the signs, right? His home is for sale. He's on a contract at Voids. It's just saying that this has the potential, one way or another, for this to be his last season in New England.
7: It has the potential. I'm not telling you it will be. The elements are in place for it Mm. to be. But isn't that odd, all those things? Like, doesn't that make you go... Mm, That's interesting.
2: Uh, That is what's called informed speculation from Adam Schefter on W.E.E.I. in Boston should be pointed out that Brady has previously addressed this on W.E.E.I. in which he said there will be a time to which we can discuss this time to pick. Now is not the time. Right. But 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 here's the thing. I I don't necessarily. I don't. It's not that Tom Brady won't retire at the end of this season. But this would be one of the most off-brand decisions that he and, frankly, the Patriots have ever made. Right? What is the secret to the Patriots' success? There isn't one offense. The offense is morphed as they figured out, one, what they have, and two, what the defense has to match up with them. Last year, they became a power running team. They didn't have great threats outside of the numbers, especially after uh, Josh uh, Josh Gordon was suspended. They they Gronk was not the same weapon as injuries deteriorated his ability to beat people. And Tom Brady isn't the same guy. So they drafted running back in the first round. They became a power running team who occasionally would find a mismatch for Gronk. Or they'd find a back out of the backfield to throw the football to. Right, That's who they became. There's not one style of defense that they played. Last year, as before Patrick Chung got caught with booger sugar, last year they played three safeties more than any team in the National Football League. They evolved to a different defense. But it wasn't one defensive style. The secret to the Patriots is very complex and very simple at the same time. They will do whatever it takes to win this week. They are the ultimate pragmatists. The ultimate pragmatists. You know, if, if they need to run it, they will run it. If you need to throw it, they will throw it. If you need to play up-tempo, they will. Keep in mind, when they played the Chargers, they did something they hadn't done all season long. Do you know what that is? They took the opening kickoff. They took the opening kickoff, they marched down the field, they got a 7-0 lead. They're a team that makes a living on scoring late in the first first half. No one flips a a game better than the Patriots. And by flipping a game, it means they have the ball as time is running down the first half, they score, and then they get the ball back because they deferred when they won the, the kickoff. The first time they did it all year was in the second round of the playoffs, excuse me, the divisional round of the playoffs, when the Chargers came down, to they chose to take the kickoff. They marched down the field. They scored seven. Then they got it. Then they got the ball back. Then they're up 14. Then they got the ball back. Then they're up 21. And the rest, as they say, is history. So if the working philosophy of the Patriots and the working philosophy of the offense and the working philosophy of Tom Brady is we don't have to worry about February, When we're in August, we got to worry about August when we're August and September, we're in September and October, et cetera, et cetera. Only now they're going to make a predetermined decision as to how Tom Brady is going to feel at the end of this season. I don't buy it. Do I think it's weird that he's selling his house? Sure. Sure. I think it's weird that he's selling his house. Do I think it's a possibility that he could retire at the end of the year? Sure. But why would he do that? Why would he possibly do that? Make that decision and not have retired already. They just won the damn Super Bowl. What the greed of going back for more that greed should have been satisfied after they lost the previous year to the Philadelphia Eagles and they won last year against the LA Rams. That doesn't make any sense. My guess is that Tom Brady is getting the pull from Giselle to shut it down. And he's done that. He's gotten that for the last five years. My guess is that Tom Brady likes his life, likes his fame, likes the fact that he still has his faculties and can do, and and can do other things outside of football. A man leading a team, winning a Super Bowl is in fact a drug. And while right now the idea might be get to a Super Bowl and win your seventh, which would put him ahead of Michael Jordan all time in the modern era for most championships, what happens if they don't win? They will cross that bridge when they get there, right? That's the ultimate in pragmatism. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. We'll discuss that when it's time. When we get to week four, we'll talk about week four. When we get to week 18, we'll talk about week 19. I mean, this, this would be, think about major corporations and the things that they do that have been off brand. I was like when ESPN did the phone, I had the ESPN phone. Honestly, it was really cool. The problem is that the phone was super expensive for most people. And it was before, right before the iPhone launched. Right before the iPhone launched. When the iPhone launched, It was less expensive, more informative, and had it been the ESPN iPhone, had they partnered with somebody who did sell service, who made better phones, you'd still have it today. You would, but they went off brand. They tried to do it themselves. In 1982, Colgate's frozen meals failed to find a niche consumer. The conventional wisdom here was to hear people think Colgate, they think toothpaste, not frozen meals they went off brand. They, did. they went they went off brand. when when Atlanta got a hockey team, how did that work? How has Phoenix's hockey team worked? Not great. You go off brand, you run the risk of dealing with all sorts of unintended consequences you had no idea previously existed. And for the last essentially 20 years, well, essentially 20 years, the New England Patriots have operated in the, we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, let's win the day. Let's do our job. And just because he's selling his house, by the way, it doesn't mean that the house actually sells. It's a $49 million house. It is a sick house. And just because he might not want to live there again, doesn't mean one, they couldn't buy another place Two, he couldn't have a place in Foxborough, you know, have a place close or have a place in Boston and live in New York. Might come down to where he wants to send his kids to school, what he wants to do post career. But that doesn't mean that that career comes in. end. doesn't mean it doesn't, but just putting together the tea leaves and saying that this decision has already been determined. That's a dangerous path to go down because that's not how Tom Brady has ever rolled previously. Even if the plan is, Hey, we don't want any burdens holding us to Boston at the end of the year. We want the ability to make a decision. Doesn't mean to retire. Doesn't mean he won't, but doesn't mean to retire. It means that he doesn't want to have when he wants to make a clean decision. He guys know what a clean decision is. Right. Clean decision is like, you know, you you don't have a clean, you know, people sell business, right? And you're like, well, I, I, it was sold for a hundred million dollars. You don't get a clean hundred. It's not just taxes. You got to pay off debt. You have other things you got to pay off. What do you do with the real estate? Are you carrying a loan on the real estate? You know, what other things do you have to take care of? Is it a clean hundred million or is it after tax really? You know, I got to pay tax on it. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got, I got partners on this deal. I end up making $5 million in the deal. That's a clean 5 million. It's a lot of money, but it's not a hundred million. You know, in, in a divorce, like, do you want to make a clean, is it a clean decision? Well, the problem is you have kids, you have houses, you have finances, you have who's working, how you, you know, like that factors in not, do you want to be married to this person? You don't want to be married to this person anymore. Period. So I think what Brady's probably doing is, like, look, he doesn't know a lot of these guys in the locker room. He knows enough of them. But he doesn't want his kids, his house, his life, you know, the guys in the locker room, any of that. He wants to make a decision at the end of the year based upon, do I want to keep playing football? How much money do I want to make? Do I want to keep doing it for the Patriots? And the Patriots probably want to make a clean decision too. But the idea that the decision has been predetermined would go counter to everything we've known of the New England Patriots. And that would be off-brand, and off-brand is not what the Patriots are. Danny Cannell joins the show upcoming next. Get his thoughts on Tom Brady. Does he think it's already determined
5: this is last year? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week.
2: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to tireright.com/sports to see their Toyo tire test results, tire ratings and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tireright.com/sports tireac.com, The way tire buying should be.
7: Getting ready to take on spring Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more right now. You can save $50 on select battery tool sets, real steel offer valid of on select AK sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for
2: details. All right, let's talk some Tom Brady guy knows what it's like to be a quarterback in the national football league. Danny Connell joins us from CBS Sports. He co host Off the Bench with uh, Raja Bell. He's also involved in an online sports memorabilia, memorabilia auction that uh, benefits St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Donate at stjudeorg slash fantasy. You can check out the memorabilia up for auction at ebay.com slash str slash cbsfft. That's a lot of slashes. We'll tweet it out because it's a lot to remember. Danny, um... Schefter came out today and was like, hey, look, not saying sources here, but I'm just putting two to two together. Brady's contract expires, or voidable, and he's selling his house, and he's been doing it a long time. He's 42, and his wife probably wants him home. I think this is his last year. What do you think?
8: Yeah, I mean, it really does. I mean, all those reasons you mentioned, it does seem to just make sense, right? But I also know Brady and his competitive spirit and how he wants to dominate everything he does would also love nothing more than to go off, ride off into the sunset with a Super Bowl, right? John Elway did it, Peyton Manning did it, you kind of hang it up, go off into the sunset. If he doesn't, if they come up short or it's an uglier season than one would project and yet he is still performing at a high level then I wouldn't be surprised if he gave it one last hurrah and came back again. But, yeah, if, considering all those things, and if they were able to win again, which you know, is very much a question mark, then I think you could say, all right, let's make that assumption. But if they lose, just knowing kind of what he you know, brings to the table and his mindset, he doesn't want to go out with that taste in his mouth. He wants to go out with a win. So I think it depends on the way the season unfolds.
2: I, compl- right. I completely agree with you. I, I think it's interesting. Yeah. If he wanted to go out with the Super Bowl, though, why didn't he go out at the end of last year's Super Bowl?
8: Maybe it was that twenty. Maybe he wanted to get twenty years. I mean, there is something about that that's pretty cool. Maybe he feels like, I mean, remember how we were looking at this team in December, thinking, "Oh, they're not that good." They're maybe he thinks this year's team is better, you know. And he's like, "Hey, we won this this year with a team that kind of scraped it together, didn't play that great, didn't have that many weapons," and all of a sudden, I'm going to go out there and. You know, maybe Gronk's retiring, but maybe we're going to put some things on there that are better than Gronk, and we can figure things out. So I think maybe that's what enticed him to come back. But you, one thing you did hit on there, if you watched his um, Tom versus Time uh, on Facebook that he put out there, you know, the little documentary, Giselle definitely wants him to hang it up. He's no got question. that. But, but he's, he's been able to get his way. So there, are some, there is some pressure mounting on him, his contract, that, you know, it does look like it's closer to the end. But, again, it depends on how the season ends.
2: I I, I agree with you. Patrick Chung caught with booger sugar. How uh, how much does this hurt the Patriots?
8: It'll hurt them. You've got to see what happens as far as what the league does um, with, you know, penalties-wise there. I mean, there's, there's something about Bill Belichick. There's just a trust. I mean, they didn't have Julian Edelman last year for four games at the beginning of the season. If they're without him, you know, they've been out without him before for injury – not the most alarming thing and again you got to remember the thing with the Patriots any issues that they have Brady getting older look at their division it's still and this is when people talk about the Tom Brady the goat discussion or the Patriots dynasty there is it's not an asterisk but it should be well yeah they did have a pretty easy road through their division for most of the last decade which is kind of nuts when you think about it this year do you have any faith in Miami probably not you can write them off the Jets, yeah, we have high expectations for Sam Darnold. Adam Gay's taking over. They built some weapons around them, but they're not – you still wouldn't pick them to win it. Bills, similar situation. Josh Allen, year two. You know, they've been getting better, but they're still not in the same class as the New England Patriots. So even if the Patriots have deficiencies and they still have to kind of figure things out in the regular season, you just kind of trust Brady and Belichick to get it done somehow, and even if they're 9-7 and – that's probably still enough to win their division, which is all they need. Then once they get a spot at the table in the playoffs, anything goes. And that's all they want is a chance.
2: Danny Connell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. The, the, the new report from Ed Werder is that the Cowboys offered to make Ezekiel Elliott the second highest paid running back in the National Football League. My guess is that that report comes out. It's coming from the Cowboys. Line drawn in the sand. What do you make of the report and what it actually means?
8: So you have to consider the source. Love Ed Werder. He's been in the Dallas area for a long, long time. He's a reliable source. I trust him. I do think the Cowboys gave him that information to put more pressure on Zeke. But as far as the actual numbers, I'm very curious to know, yeah, well, it might look like it on paper that he's going to be the second highest running back, but where is the real money? Where What is the real money going to be? And that one, I do think it'll probably be back-loaded. There will probably be some contingencies there for Zeke if he, if he gets into trouble. they'd be foolish if they didn't, considering some of his issues that he's had off the field. But again, what is the real money? And the Cowboys are playing this out very publicly. You know, the way Jerry's been talking, Stephen Jones has been talking, they've been floating out these things, different reports. The first, it was top five paid running back. All of it is to make it look like, We're doing everything we can to get Zeke in here, which is making Zeke look greedy. You know, the first time it was top five, why wouldn't he take that? But yet, if you look at the top five running backs, most people looked at it and said, well, there's a significant drop-off between the top three and then the next two. Now bumping it up another level does put some pressure back in Zeke's camp. But, again, is it real money or is it fake? Because unlike the Major League Baseball, NBA, the only thing you can rely on is the guaranteed money in the contract, the signing bonus or whatever else they might have structured in there. Every single contract there's inflated money on the back end that makes it look good at that opening press conference for the agent. He looks like he gets a win, but look at the real numbers and that's what I'm more curious than the second paid, you know, running back in the league.
2: No, I, I tend I tend very much to agree with you. Um, but I I also think that there was a reason they did the Jalen Smith deal first. There was a reason yep. that he said there's less pie to go around. Like, you know, in the context of all of these different things, you have you, ha, you know, it's it's not like other deals. Um, the running back is a a position of declining value. He's still under contract. They've gone to the mattresses for him, even with the commissioner, and they do have to pay several other young players. Um, and his only leverage is, hey, I'm your I'm your way to get to a Super Bowl, but they're his only way to get paid. So they, I, do you think this is a last and final offer?
8: No, I don't. I think I think this will get done, ultimately. I think there will be comprom- compromises made on both sides, and the Cowboys will probably pay a little bit more than they wanted to. But I don't think Zick is going to max out as much as he thinks either. And again, as far as the public, Jerry, Jerry Jones is a – Savvy, shrewd businessman. That's why he's a billionaire. That's why he's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. He is. These are chess moves that he's making in the media to play a certain narrative. And the thing that I do appreciate him playing, and I do believe this. He is trying to get Zeke and Dak and Amari Cooper, who we haven't even really talked about. Um, he's trying to get them to buy into the team mentality. Hey sacrifice a little bit so that we can be a better team. And that is a genius move because it plays well publicly and it makes players look selfish. And I'm, not, I'm always pro-player, but there is a mentality nowadays, and a lot of it does come from the players' agents, you have to maximize when you have the opportunity, you have to get what you can get. Screw the team, screw anybody else, you have to get yours. I do think as far as the guys we're talking about, I think Dak Prescott would take that I think he would buy into it Yep, you know what I'm gonna take a sacrifice I'm still gonna be a I'm still gonna get a really nice payday maybe not the forty million that's been floated out there but I do think 30 million is probably a realistic expectation It's a market value Zeke is the one that I just don't know I don't know if he's ready to say yeah I'll sacrifice sure sign me up for that he does and his agent I do think it's probably in his ear saying you can max it out you can take this thing to the next level But all of this is just posturing until we get to week one, which is still a couple weeks away. Then you're going to see the stress levels amp, and I think it'll be more likely on the Cowboys' side than it would be on Zeke's side. Even though he does have two years left, he doesn't have much leverage, I do think Jerry, in the back of his mind, does know what Zeke means to that team.
2: Yeah, um, but they play the Redskins, the Giants, and the Dolphins, (laughs) right?
8: I love it. Yeah, and if he really wants to ride it and say, hey, let's put the pressure on Zeke. Let's show him what we can do without him. Good. Then do that. But, and we do this in the media all the time, how many times do we sit here in the offseason and you look at everybody's schedule and you say, chalk it up for a win, right? And the Cowboys should be favored in those first three games with or without Zeke. But what happens? Just what happens if the Giants come in and Eli captures some magic and the Giants come in and their defense looks a little bit better and they're able to shut down... Um, the run game, I mean, these are all hypotheticals, but what if, imagine the leverage that Zeke has all of a sudden, right? Because then Cowboys fans, who are really on Jerry Jones' side now, it's pretty amazing, and that's, that's why he's played this out publicly. All of a sudden, that pressure comes on Jerry, and it gives all Dak Prescott all of a sudden more pressure on him. So it is, it's an incredibly high-stakes game of poker, and I love it in our business, watching it play out, because it is fascinating but again, I don't think Jerry's willing to take that risk just in case they happen to lose one of those first three games. Because then that narrative shifts really, really fast.
2: It's amazing, though. Like, uh, Le'Veon Bell's the only guy to sit out, last guy, to, first guy to sit out in like a decade. He lost mm-hmm. a year's salary. He, he didn't get as much as he thought he'd get in the open market. The GM who signed him got fired after signing him to the contract. <laughs> yep. Right? Like, I'm not misremembering any of this stuff. And... And and and, Le'Veon Bell was actually a free agent, whereas Dak is. I mean, Zeke is not. He is not close to a free agent, and it's yet, crazy. He, I mean, it really is crazy. Like I'm Jerry Jones. I'm like, dude, I'm done. You know, show up right. fine. But uh, the other question, we be- didn't even mention either Todd Gurley.
8: Yeah, before Le'Veon, he set the bar, and it's been a app You know, it's been pretty much a disaster. Yes, as far it's a bad contract. Gurley really disappeared. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it is, man. The running backs are getting screwed. That's why I do feel bad for them. It's, You know, you look at them, they're the second or third lowest paid by position, um, and it's only they're getting paid more than long snappers and, uh, like, fullbacks. <laughs> you know, like, it's insane how low they're, how underpaid they are, and they do a lot of the work. It's just today's systems and the perception of running backs is that you can replace them easily, and there is some truth in that. But they really need to do something in the next collective bargaining agreement. (laughs) The running backs need to step up to the table and say, hey, we are the position that's getting screwed, especially if you're a first-round pick. We are under contract. We don't have much leverage so that you don't have these situations playing out, like Melvin Gordon, who probably is going to miss playing time and doesn't have much leverage either
2: yeah but i am gonna I'm gonna disagree with you here in terms of what they're what they're worth I mean the problem is that cj Anderson came off the couch and was a better player right yeah I mean yeah. and and like Zeke can what Zeke makes this year like he made 16 million in his first year because of where he was drafted like we do yep. do a little disingenuous with what guys make per year um yep. you know there's the, the still average salary there. Is still and and look the, Part of it is the rules as well because there's no rules that have changed in between the tackles. All the rules help the wide receivers. All the rules help the quarterbacks and maybe even the tight ends more than, than they help. Uh, than but Doug,
8: the, here's where, here's where I, would, I would push back just a little bit. When you hear fans, and I'm sure you get a lot of people chime in on Twitter on your show call in, fans are all, and I've, I've heard a lot of this myself, fans are like, hey, he's being greedy. You know, He's, he's got two years left on his contract. He should play. What do you think would have happened if the, if the Cowboys draft him in the first round, comes in, he's overweight, he does okay his rookie year, his second year comes back overweight, rushes for 400 yards and even start, and what do you think the Cowboys are going to do? Well,
2: it's a guaranteed contract. you think contract.
8: they're going to pay him? These? Yeah, they're going to cut him. They're no, but it's a guarantee. No, hold
2: on, hold on, Danny. That, it's, these are guaranteed contracts. The rookie contracts are, on first-round picks are 100% guaranteed.
8: So, so in the bigger picture, though, anybody, anybody else's contract, rookie, so regardless, Any contract, but like, look, look, you you you
2: come in overweight, and I'm supposed to keep paying you. Like that doesn't make right. Like, right? I I actually think the I actually think the NFL gets it more right than anybody else. Plus, it's a sport where you're literally one hit away, one move away from not just being out for a year, but for your career dramatically changing. Unlike other sports, like we're agreed. And uh, see, here's
8: why the NFL has the best product because the players do have to perform. Correct. Have to earn their money. Correct. Now, is that fair? I don't like it. I was left out of a lot of money because I got cut and didn't perform. But, hey, those were the breaks. Like, that's the way it was negotiated. And I, how many times have we seen an NBA, guys get paid and they kind of coast for a couple of years and then their deal's up and they turn it on again. Same thing in baseball. We've seen $200 million contracts handed out and guys kind of disappeared. They fizzled out. I, it is why the NFL is the best product. As a former player, I hate it. But I do see it's the genius of the owners saying, they have to perform for us or we're getting rid of them. You know? And that's where I do understand guys trying to maximize when they do feel they have leverage. And Zeke feels like he has leverage because if they don't – maybe he's willing to take it to the, to the hilt like Le'Veon did. Say, I'll sit out a year. I'll sit out. However long after you sit out, you guys are going to eventually come back calling to me. I don't think he wants to go there, and I don't think the Cowboys do either, though.
2: I don't think they do, but I I mean, think of the precedent it sets if they relent uh, for a guy under contract, what that does for the rest of of their locker room. Last thing, uh, you are a Florida... Oh, real quick, can I follow up on that?
8: Because I do think a lot, we've seen Melvin Gordon, we've seen uh, Le'Veon last year, we saw Zeke this year, we did see Michael Thomas hold out, he got paid. I do think NFL players are jealous of NBA players. No question. I think they are delusional... Also, in thinking they can pull a Kawhi Leonard, they can, they can you know, force their way out of situations. They're watching the national landscape and professional sports, but I do think they're misled and delusional when they try to do that. But some of them are getting it to done, so you're like, all right, maybe this is the start of a shift of the way football does business.
2: DK, last thing. Uh, you're a Florida guy. You got Miami. I know you're a Florida State guy, but you're a state of Florida guy. Yep. Miami... New coach, taking on the Gators, first weekend of the season. I feel like this is a massive mismatch. Just a massive mismatch, you know. Uh, I mean, Mark Rick, whether he retired or got blown out of there, you know, Manny Diaz hasn't had enough time to really get after it in recruiting and replenish. They Very much in transition. And as much as Dan Mullins hasn't been there a long time Uh, He was already in the SEC, already recruiting that area. It's been much – it was a better run program that he took over. I I feel like this is a mismatch this weekend. Tell me I'm wrong.
8: I think you're wrong. Uh, If Jaron Williams, who Manny Diaz, named as the starter, plays steady. Now, that's a big ask for a redshirt freshman, really the biggest start, um, you know, in his career going against an SEC defense in Florida – but I do think Miami defensively has maybe one of the best linebacking cores in the country. Uh, they got D.J. Dallas in the backfield, a pretty good running back. They do have some talent. And I also think is a little bit overhyped. Now, Florida has an incredible quarterback, Felipe Franks, physically. He's 6'5", 235 pounds. He can sling it. He yeah. can run it. Who knows he's who he's going to sling it to, though? Right. And he, mentally, he's a little bit fragile when he faces adversity. If Miami can keep it close, that pressure mounts on Florida throughout the game. I do think it'll be ugly. I'm with you. I think Florida wins, but I think it'll be closer than you think. I don't think it's a blowout.
2: Great stuff, DK. Dan, Danny Cannell, check him out on CBSSports.com. And of course, his show is called Off the Bench. Don't forget to check out their online sports memorabilia auction with the proceeds benefiting St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. DK, thanks for just saying, thanks so much. You got it, Doug. Have a good one. It's Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next... Uh, We will discuss our favorite burgers. This is National Burger Day. Mmm, burgers. Plus, do Steeler fans miss Antonio Brown? Find out next.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week.
2: National Burger Take Today. Uh, Ryan Smith's been filling in for John Ramos, who's still on paternity leave. So I don't get. I don't get Ramos. Tell me about his favorite burger. Um, so this is what I want. I want chain burger. Okay, we we can go off chain, which your which off the ch- off chain is off the chain at another point in time. But give me your chain burger of choice without beseeching the name of other chain burgers of choice. Ryan Clark, go ahead. I'm mean, right, Ryan, Ryan Clark. Clark. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, sorry. <laughs> I
6: wish uh, Ryan Smith. I got to go with Tommy's.
2: So for people who don't know, Tommy's is a um, uh, they say world famous, but again, this is there's a there's a comedic bit which talks about the idea of being world famous. Where you know, I went to I, I went to London and I asked them about Tommy Burger. They never heard of it. It's not really world famous, but <laughs> Tommy's Tommy Burgers is a Southern California chain. I don't think they're beyond Southern California, and there's chili on every burger, and it's really damn good. All right. Why? Describe why you like it.
6: Well, being poor and hungry in college, coming home on a Saturday night, maybe perhaps a little intoxicated, mm-hmm. and the, fa- the and my favorite saying was, you know, if you drive, I'll buy. And Tommy's was always open, and that's pretty much it. Just fond memories of, of being drunk and eating Tommy's. I mean, you can't beat that.
2: You can. You cannot beat that. Uh, so it brings you. So now when you eat it. Because you're a lot older than people think you are, right? Like you're actually close to senior citizen age. Yes. So now when you eat a Tommy burger, it brings you back to the days of being young and poor and broke in college.
6: Well, actually, it takes me to the to the bathroom, Doug. But mm-hmm. yes, it also does bring me back to the t- days
11: when I was in college.
2: You're not exactly telling us how great the burger is. All right, what about you, there, Ryan? <laughs> Music.
11: Uh, I've said this before. I'm always a habit guy. I love the habit. Mm-hmm. So I went to a, I
2: went to a, a kid's birthday party that had the habit truck.
11: Yeah. And, and
2: I had my first Habit Burger, and it was good. It was very good. It was not the best burger I've ever had.
11: But uh, well, I never said it was the best burger I've ever had, but of the chain burgers, it's my favorite.
2: Hmm. Have you ever had Steak and Shake?
11: I have not had Steak and Shake. I have not had Burger.
2: Oh, they're, they're very, very good. Very
11: but good. yeah, I like the Habit just because... Um, it's n- not too salty. Now you're a big salt guy. I'm not h- big salt, guy. not huge on things that are over salted. So they don't over salt the patty. The patties are char so they stay nice and juicy. Um, you can also, you know, it's just you get the double char with the they do shredded lettuce, which I love. I love shredded lettuce on a burger versus like the leafed lettuce. I don't like
2: the shredded lettuce at all. That's a big. Uh, that's, a big that's a big. That's a thing. Oh, that that's that I don't a thing like. for you. Yeah, I, I like the opposite. shredded lettuce. How are yeah. their tomatoes?
11: Uh, tomatoes are usually very fresh. Yeah, I like yeah. The very,
2: very. It's got to be a very fresh, thick cut of a tomato. I like that as well. Um, look, I, I hate to be this guy. I like them all. This is oh, like they're we, all good. This yeah. is like which is your favorite child?
11: Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you. I've never, I've never had like a fast food burger yes. and ever been like, oh, that was disgusting.
2: Well, I'm not gonna crush any one fast food place. I, I have been let down by fast food burgers. I, I will say, I think Wendy's is the most underrated. I think Carl's Jr. doesn't get discussed, although it's gotten to be ridiculously expensive. Um, uh, but I've had them all. I, Steak and Shake is really, really, really damn good. Shake Shack is great. Like, they're all, like, it's meat, cheese, bun, tomato, lettuce, great. I don't like ones with shredded cheese. Um, I do think cheese very much adds to it. The thicker the burger, the better, which is one of the things Five Guys really has going for it. I could be crazy, but I think uh, In-N-Out's fries are perfect, right? They're just, like, people think they're like cardboard. I, I think they're perfect. I love them. I love uh, I love a good burger. All right, more burger d- discussion to come. And, of course, you can tweet us at Gottlieb Show. Ralph Irvin, what's your favorite burger?
10: I would go with five guys or honestly give me a, uh, a simple double stack at Wendy's and I'm pretty happy. Wendy's is great. Uh your five guys order has what on it? Uh double with bacon and cheese. Plain, simple.
2: No t- no no nothing. uh no, no ketchup, no nothing I, else.
10: Meat and cheese. Okay,
2: that's like my wife likes it that way. She likes single meat cheese bun. That's it. Yep. Very very simple. Let's get to what the fox said.
5: And now <laughs> <laughs>
2: What's up Saying. Brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard limitations. Apply. The national ratings for Pittsburgh for hard knocks were three times higher than ones for the national average. Antonio Brown responded on Twitter saying, my ex still thinks of me. Here's what Colin Coward had to say.
7: Watching your ex implode on Facebook is a hoot. Uh, it's absolutely validating. Pittsburgh's a stable organization. They don't have a lot of dumpster fires. So to watch one of their stars go to Oakland and be a tire fire on the side of the road is absolutely captivating. If Tom Brady left New England, you don't think Boston would watch him if he went and played for the Chargers or the Miami Dolphins? Of course they would. But I think narcissism's a hell of a drug. I think AB thinks, you know, AB thinks they miss me. I think the Steelers are like, oh my God, what a mess. I think they're laughing at him.
2: I think so too. I think that's exactly what I think they're they're enjoying they're enjoying the confirmation of all of they thought about Antonio Brown. That that's really what it is. They're they're really, really, really enjoying it. I completely agree with Colin. Like Antonio Brown thinks that all of this somehow reflects well on him, that he's controlling the situation, controlling the narrative. If people are talking about him, then he's winning. And from the moment he dyed his mustache yellow and and demanded a trade, forced his way out, I, I guess financially he is, but if he really thinks people of Pittsburgh thinks they are worse off, he is massively misreading what is a pretty obvious perception by everybody else. Like even, even Le'Veon Bell, his former teammate who, who all who sat out all of last year, Le'Veon Bell smoked weed on the way to a team plane. Like, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that smoking weed is the worst thing on earth, especially when it's now legal in so many States. But I can tell you that doing it on the way to work, it's probably, not the smartest thing. I mean, forget about whether or not they know they drug test. Like, you, you you, did it in a car while driving with a teammate to meet the team plane. Even Le'Veon Bell can't get down with Antonio Brown, this helmet thing. W- what what more do you need to know about how people perceive you and how off your own perception of self is? What
7: does the fox say?
2: What does the fox say? All right, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Gottlieb Show. Give me your favorite chain burger. I love making burgers at home too. I have to tell you, when I make burgers at home, they're uh, remarkably undercooked by some people's estimation. I, I hate when people just, you know, it's gray in the middle. Like, what are you doing? You wouldn't have steak that way. Why would you have burger that way? Is Zeke coming off as greedy? The most important person in this discussion? Believe so. That's next in the Doug Gottlieb Show.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Brought to you by Farmers at Farmers. We've seen almost everything, so we're going to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player help you stay at the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We
9: are Farmers.
8: Bum, 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 bum. Hmm.
2: Hmm. When you're dealing with your your boss, and look, there's a reason that agents are super important. I have some friends in my business that do not have agents, do not have an agent. An agent, and again, every um, you know, every different uh, field is in fact different in terms of how much you pay them. Right? That what collectively bargain upon in the NBA. I think it's like four percent. I believe it's the same in the National Football League. Although off the field things, it can be upwards. It can be twenty percent. Um, agents in our field, the going rate is ten. Some people get a little. Some some people get a little bit less. They just do. So there, there's there's all that cons- all that kind of that comes into it. Like some people want to do it just because they want to save money. But agents are really important because. They're supposed to take these private conversations that they have with your boss and relate it, relate it to you so that it doesn't come across negatively or terse. Right? There's just some things that they have to be kind of a buffer. And what happens when negotiations become public is the usefulness of the agent kind of goes away. Am I making sense here? So, like, you know, i'll I'll give you a I'll give you a radio and TV example. Right? Um, my first contract, I basically negotiated by myself. My first, my first two contracts. first contract period, then my, and I had an agent, but I basically did the deal by myself because I knew what I was making, I knew what I could have made had I moved to a different radio station at the time and kept doing games on television. And so I, and I inflated a little bit or whatever, like is, you know, you're going to make a little bit more based upon things that you do when you're doing local radio. And so when I met with ESPN, I was like, look, this is about what I could make. You want to move me. We got to a number and it was pretty simple. Three years into the deal, you start negotiating your next deal. By then, of course, I have an agent and one, you got to factor in what you're paying that agent, right? That, that does become a factor. Like you're going to have to pay me 10% at minimum, 10% above what I should be. I could, I could walk in there and make on my own. So that's one. Secondly, you're going to say like, Hey, I think I should make X. And they're like, you should make Y. Like, why, why do I make Y? And what comes back to you from the agent should be, well, look, they really like you think of this, look at the raise that you're getting, but you know, budget stuff. And here's how they think they fit. And here's where you can grow. And here's where you can make some more money. That's really in addition to shopping you and getting you other offers, like in my business, an agent is a great buffer. They also give good advice. So here's what's happened now. Most recently, the agent for Ezekiel Elliott said that they felt disrespected by Jerry Jones saying Zeke who a Monday on Saturday night and we're disrespected. Jerry said this yesterday.
3: I've earned the right with Zeke
2: to joke.
7: Period. Right. I've earned it. So have you guys had any conversations
2: since
7: then at all? No, no. But let me be real clear about it. I've earned that right to
2: joke. I want to be very clear about this. I have earned that right to joke. That's what he said. That's a guy saying a couple things you're doing here. Pushing my buttons. You're forgetting that I was the guy that stood up for Zeke when the commissioner wanted to get rid of him. I went after the commissioner's head. I went at the king. I missed. Goodell got a new contract, but I gave. I used a bunch of my equity with other owners in an effort to protect you. I have earned the right job. Fast forward to today and Ed Werder has a story that says the Cowboys have offered to make Ezekiel Elliott the second highest paid running back in the NFL, which of course would be below that of Todd Gurley. But remember Todd Gurley was last year. Le'Veon Bell was this year and it would fall in between the running back market is working the wrong way. This would actually turn that around some. And unlike Le'Veon Bell, he's not a free agent. He's still under contract for at least two years. And they could be franchised for two more. There actually isn't contract leverage with, with, with Zeke Elliott. But but the other part, and it's really important, is before the agent was the go-between, Jerry could express his frustrations and all of the equity that he has spent several times over protecting Zeke Elliott. And the agent could hear it, nod, and relate to his client exactly why they were where they were. You add in Stephen Jones is quoted today as saying agents don't always act in the best interest of the team. So instead of being a buffer, the agent for Ezekiel Elliott is not acting as a buffer. He's a protagonist. He is is poking the bear. He is stoking the fire. Antagonist, sorry. An antagonist. He is stoking the fire poking the bear he is personally getting offended when it's his job it's his job to hear what might be seen deemed as offensive and tell his client don't worry about it Right? Hey, here's where we are here's where we want to be here's how we get there that's your real your job and 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 what it's done to the cowboys is the thing you don't want to feel if you're the owner and you've Paid out equity. Right, you don't want to feel like you're ungrateful. Somebody's ungrateful, you just don't. Well, I have to remind? Do I have to remind you of all the things we've done? Do I have to remind you of the offense we've created, the volume of touches we've given you, the sweat equity we've put into you? Remember what I had to defend you from? It wasn't just defending him from the commissioner wanting to suspend him. We're in a time where. The, the tables have turned and the world is evening out. And in many ways, it's uneven. Many ways, it's uneven. Think of how many players have been suspended for domestic violence and the suspensions being so much longer. And suddenly the America, especially we've we've gotten we've gotten our burr up. We decided like, hey, we're not going to accept men putting their hands on women anymore. It's gone to the point where we don't necessarily need as much proof as we used to, or maybe even as much as we should, because for so long, so many women were forced to stay quiet. And even when they didn't stay quiet, we didn't believe them. We just didn't. Because they were treated unfairly for so long, we we bend over backwards to make sure that we can try and right the wrongs of our past, even though we can't. Just no way. Just no way. Extra. We're trying to be extra punitive. And Jerry stood up in the face of that. The brand brand of the Dallas Cowboys and defended his player. And he's always defended his player. You guys remember Quincy Carter? Like, I mean, Quincy Carter's his quarterback. He had a drug problem. He defended him. Michael Irvin defended him. uh, Pac-Man Jones defended him. Like, he has always tried to protect these guys. Brought in Greg Hardy. Brought in Greg Hardy. Why? Because he believed Greg Hardy. He believed Greg Hardy's story that Greg Hardy was done wrong, that that Greg Hardy could change. Like this is a guy that has stood by players more than any owner in any professional sport. Did he do so for the benefit of his football team? Probably partially, but also probably because he understands that a lot of these dudes come from tough backgrounds. The sport that they play is ridiculously physical; it's punishing. It can lead to, it can lead by most people's estimation to some sort of brain damage. If, 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 you know, especially in the past, it's a gladiatorial sport. It does. It's, it's not for the faint of heart, but I think Jerry is a pro player guy. And when he puts out there, Hey man, we offered him a huge deal and we didn't have to coming, coming off of, I have earned the right to to make a joke. Remember what he said about Jalen Smith when he gave him an extension, right? He said this about Jalen Smith.
3: He has never complained. He has never wavered, never missed a workout, and he's never quit. Not one time. He is admired by his teammates. He is admired by people he competes against. His story is one that I would have done anything to be sure that it could be a
5: Dallas Cowboys story.
2: Those are strong, strong words from Jerry, And don't think that they're not meant to resonate in Cabo San Lucas, where right now Zeke Elliott is working out and training and trying to decide when in which he'll show up, because he's going to show up. It's a question of when. Jerry knows he's extended himself. He knows he's, he's given up some sweat equity and some equity within the league in order to defend him. And Jerry also knows that if he caves on this one, what won't he cave on? Player that's under contract for two years gets offered the second richest contract at the position when other guys are up for similar extensions. If he caves on this, what won't he cave on? I think he feels like Zeke Elliott's ungrateful. And outside of being dishonest, being ungrateful is pretty much one of the worst things that people can think you are. Because the greatest thing you can give somebody is an opportunity. And all you want to hear in return is, hey, man, I really appreciate it. Coming up next, Mark Slareth joins the show. The three-time Super Bowl champion. We'll get his thoughts into not just the contract offer the Cowboys made, but the fact that Ed Werder broke the story of the actual details of the deal. What does he think ultimately happens? Plus, we'll continue to pick his brain about teams in the NFL that we're not talking enough about. That's Upcoming Next.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
2: Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion. More than anything, he's a man's man. Does work on the yard, grew up in Alaska. Just a man's man. So on National Burger Day, I'm guessing he has a favorite. Are you a burger guy, Mark Slareth?
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I like you know how I like my burger, though. This is going to be kind of crazy. I like just just uh, onion, like a real thick slice of onion, tomato, and lettuce, cheeseburger, onion, uh, tomato, lettuce, and I'm in.
2: That's uh, all I want. Uh, oh, like a, like a purple onion, a white of all, the, huh?
3: Any kind any kind of onion as long as it's strong. Okay and it's got to be a big thick slice of onion, okay, big of almost crunchy, like you got to have it crunch when you bite into it.
2: I got it raw, not caramelized i I feel you uh yeah uh I, the, the meat do you like thicker meat that's that's rare, medium, rare, well done? like I heard a little well done from Ryan Smith who's working on our board, which I almost kind of threw up in my mouth. I was like well done, no, but what what about you okay. I'll just-
3: yeah i'll go i'll go uh I'll go medium probably. Mm-hmm. little pink inside, but kind of medium.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a favorite chain burger? It doesn't mean you're saying anything negative about other chains. Do you have a favorite chain burger?
3: Um. Yeah, I probably, you know, when I'm out here in California, I'd like to swing by in and out. Mm-hmm.
2: It's hard to just double. swing by in and out. it does take you a while, but it is worth it. Is worth, right. It is worth it. You,
3: you know what I'm saying? That's, oh, that's, the, that's the burger I'm going to go to if, uh, if I'm going to a chain burger place.
2: That's great stuff. This is uh, Mark Schlereth. Everybody tunes in to hear his burgers. Of course, you put the stinking good chili on it as well, which is his oh, own yeah. chili. That makes it even even better. But, but uh, you know what
3: we call that, Dougie? What? We call, that a, we call In Colorado, we call that a slopper.
2: Slopper. Slopper. I had not I had not heard. Stinking Good Chili. That's Mark Shaleris' own chili, which of course is sold everywhere in, in Colorado. Let's get to the news of the day regarding the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Ed Werder reporting that the Cowboys have made an offer to make Zeke Elliott the second highest paid running back in league history, just below Todd Gurley, above that of Le'Veon Bell. But because it came from Werder, it does feel like it comes from the team and we feel like the team is kind of digging in their heels. Am I crazy to think that that's where this report comes from and that's what's going on?
3: No, and and again, you can report it, and you as a team can release the figures. And in my mind, like a lot of times when these figures are released and they come from the team, they're monopoly money. They're fake. And, you know, you always have to, like to me, you always have to kind of take that with a grain of salt. Go back to the... Kirk Cousins' uh, debacle that was the Washington Redskins, they continued to come out and parade out these fake contracts and say, we're going to make Kirk Cousins, but they didn't even call him Kirk, they called him Kurt Cousins, right. um, we're going to make him, I think it was Bruce Allen, their general manager, kept calling him Kirk, uh, the highest paid quarterback you know, in the history of the NFL, and they kept rolling out these deals, and Kirk continued to say, no, I'm not going to accept that deal. Because they're all backloaded, you know what I call fake monopoly money contracts. They're not enough upfront money that the upfront money doesn't, um, you know, isn't doesn't set a standard. It's backloaded contracts that they can get out of in two years, and you never see the majority of that money. So, you know, anytime the team or a team source releases that whether it's Zeke Elliott's going to be the second highest paid running back or hey, we offered Dak Prescott thirty million dollars a year, I always call baloney on all those things because. There's so many different ways to manipulate that contract, and it just—you basically negotiate the contract through the media. And I hate when I hate it when teams do that. And to me, it's always the team because a player is never going to tell you, "Hey, you know, they they're offering me 13 million dollars." Because if it's a fake contract, he doesn't want that out there. So that's always the way it goes. I mean, think about the way they've negotiated these contracts. They just signed Jalen Smith yesterday. What a great story. Kid blows his knee out in a, in a, uh, in a bowl game that people think he'll never walk again or, or never play again, excuse me. Um, he's got drop foot. You know, he's busts his butt. He rehabs that thing. He develops himself into one of the great young linebackers we have in this league. They introduced the, the contract, and Jerry Jones uses it as a platform to basically take jabs at Dak Prescott and, and Ezekiel Elliott about the pie, and, and there's not he's getting the first slice, and there's not many slices left. Instead of celebrating the kid and what he's overcome. I mean, it was an awkward, like I look at the kid, while he's, it, Jerry Jones is, is taking shots at the other players on the team. I just hate it when, they, when teams do it, and I just, I just think it, it lacks a certain amount of respect for the player that you just signed
2: How do you think it ends up?
3: Listen, if, it, if they're legitimate contracts, I think that Dak Prescott is going to get his close to $30 million-a-year contract. Yeah, and, 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 it, and I think Zeke Elliott will get a decent – he's going to have to give up some money, I think. He's not going to be the highest paid back. He's going to have to give up some money because he's got two years left on his deal. So he doesn't have a leverage standpoint. But I will say this. When owners complain or cry about salary cap purgatory and we can't pay everybody – I look at that like garbage. Like, your left tackle makes $15 million a year. Your right guard makes $14.5 million a year. Your center makes $10 million a year. Your, your right tackle makes $10 million a year. Hell, renegotiate all their contracts. $49 million. You can renegotiate all their contracts, extend them all, and find yourself another $30 million. Like, it's, it's so easy to manipulate the cap. And they all cry poorhouse when they don't want to pay guys. But when they want to pay a guy, or when they have to pay a guy, they always find money. They always find a way to do it. So I, I just don't. I don't buy the poorhouse. We don't. There's not enough room on the cap. Make room then.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I, I also there's there's the opposite of it, right? Like like look, they they made him a very substantial offer. Well, what's not not like they they lowballed him here. They they made him a very substantial offer. At a position that has declining value because you can find multiple bodies to fit in for far less, right? right. <clears throat> and oh yeah, by the way, as you pointed out, he's got two years left in his deal. Like, what's to right. keep anybody else from having a great year going like, Hey, I had a great year, I got two years left. I want a new deal as well, right? Like it, there's there's the other precedent that this sets, uh just simply by making a contract offer from a guy who's holding out to begin with.
3: Right. But you can make a thirteen million dollar year contract offer and the last two years of it can be twenty million dollars. It could be a five-year deal, and you're really only paying him six. You know, like it. it they, can, they can massage that any way they want to massage it. I have no idea the, idea, the parameters of that contract. And, you know, like I said, you're going to have to take a little bit less because, um, because you've got two years left on the deal. But, but until I see real numbers, until I see what the real value of the contract is, the team's announced $30 million a year or $13 million a year or whatever it is, and, and I, don't, like, I don't buy any of that.
2: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, let me ask you about Andrew Luck. Hasn't gotten live reps yet against defense and there's the the weird thing about the ankle. And now we're getting to the, they're they're not going to play their starters in week 3. Um at 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 what point do you think we know he's not going to play in week 1 against the Chargers?
3: Yeah, I would I would say right now. I mean, Like, I think it would take an act of God for him to play. Like, I look at this, didn't it go from calf to ankle to, like, we don't know. I mean, I feel like we're not getting, obviously, the straight skinny on this thing. But, like, it wasn't, as I remember, at one point, it was a calf muscle strain, right? Well, those things heal in a couple weeks, Doug. Like, so, what is it? Obviously, it's not that. And remember, Kevin Durant had a calf strain, right? It was a calf strain right up until it it ruptured his Achilles, right? So, like, what what is going on here? What's the real story? And when you do come back to play, what's to say that, you know, what's to say that um, that something more significant doesn't happen and you miss the majority of the season? I think this is a – for me, it's a real concern um, that, that he's been out since, what, OTAs and this thing hasn't healed enough for him to even practice or take one rep during training camp. But, my, but that's, a, that's a big-time concern for me. So – I have no idea what the real what the real injury is, and and you know, but um, it almost feels like it's something that needs to be operated on, and they're trying to you know they're trying to avoid that because they're going to even miss more time. I I just think this is a really serious situation for the Colts, and uh, I'm concerned about you know about Andrew Luck his health and and if he will be able to uh, kind of answer the bell at the level he needs to play it for that team to be successful.
2: I I I totally and completely agree with you. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio chargers won't have Derwin James until maybe November. They're also waiting on Melvin Gordon, who they've kind of made a last and final deal with. Uh, This is a super talented team. Won as many games as anybody in the NFL last year, Uh, I mean, uh, as anybody in the AFC last year Uh, lost, obviously in the playoffs to, uh, to the new England Patriots. How much does it change them to not have Derwin James?
3: Derwin James is a difference maker, man. He is one of those guys, and you've got to understand Gus Bradley is one of those. He came from Seattle. He was the coordinator in Seattle, so he's that cover three, that matchup cover three, uh, buzzing down a safety, having that safety play in the box from a run defense standpoint. Derwin James is one of the most versatile guys Um, in the NFL from the standpoint of coming down there, playing like a linebacker, absolutely dispensing justice on the line of scrimmage, still having the coverage skills and being able to play the deep middle of the field as well. Like he's a unique, he's a unique cat in this league and he's exactly what the safety position is transitioning to and everybody wants. So it's a huge loss because like I said, he can just do everything and make up so much ground and coverage and, um, he's he can blitz. I mean, it, there's nothing the guy can't do. He's a phenomenal player. So, you know, he's one of, if not the best, uh, or one of the best safeties in all of football. And it certainly weakens them, especially with uh, what they want to do on the defensive side of the ball and the way they want to play their coverage.
2: Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Mark with as good as anybody you will find breaking down football. He was part of three Super Bowl champion teams. Um, all right, dude. Uh, I you you are studying. You are getting ready to cover games in the NFL. I ask all of our analysts that we have this question, and uh, I've asked you this before. Give me a team because you know how we're doing like we're talking about Antonio Brown, the Raiders, uh-huh. the Cowboys. I talk a little bit more about the Chargers than other people. Um, we're talking about the teams that there is some buzz about because of some off the field thing, right? G- give me a team that you think is is better and and worthy of actual football discussion that we're not talking enough about.
3: Uh, I think the Niners, and we're talking a lot because Jimmy Garoppolo looked bad on Monday Night Football. Um, but I think the Niners, won. they had they were decimated by injuries last year. Jimmy Garoppolo, they were down to their third and fourth string wide receivers. Uh, they were down to their third and fourth string defensive backs and, and uh, safeties. They had no edge presence, no edge pass rushers. I mean, this was a team that was legitimately – Decimated. Now they've gone out. They've rebuilt. They've got a couple of running backs that can really play. They've got one of the best tight ends in football in George Kittle. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be fine. I think. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be legitimate. And defensively, they've taken care of the edge, not only with Nick Bosa but also D Ford. I think this is a team that people don't realize how good they are. And and the other part is like depth becomes a real issue for a lot of teams. And the only way you really develop depth is by playing guys. Well, most teams don't want to play guys, right, because they're only going to play their starters. They don't ever get into that position until somebody gets hurt. They were so injured across the board that all these backup players, all these these guys that played significant minutes last year, now we're going to be able to get to their rightful spots as backups and, and when they have somebody go down or when they need a guy to put, step up and be a third or fourth wide receiver, those guys have got a ton of experience from last year. Think about Nick Mullins and what he was able to do last year. Hell, the, he, was playing, he was playing scout team safety. That, I mean, I watch practice film where he's playing scout team safety and all of a sudden he's starting at quarterback. But he came in and played well enough to really usurp C.J. Bether and become the number two guy. So, mm-hmm. like, like they, they have developed a, just a ton of depth on that team. I'm, I'm really interested to see exactly kind of how that, uh, how that works out for them. And in that division, like, I think they can compete in that division.
2: Stink. Great stuff, as always, man. I can't wait to hear you call games on TV. Love just listening to your insight. Really appreciate you joining us on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Anytime, Dougie. Appreciate you, buddy.
2: All right, man's man, three-time Super Bowl champion, Mark Schlereth.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: Doug Gottlieb show rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio. I'll tell you uh, a bet I like.
10: Get busy, baby. Let's do this. It's going down.
2: Oh, yeah? You want a bet? Yeah, I I actually kind of do want to bet. Yeah, you know, veto. I really really do. Um, I'm intrigued by a couple of different different lines. Uh, we we've given you some early season lines, college football, pro football, and I'm I'm guessing that because because the Cowboys um, have this turmoil right now, there are people that believe the Cowboys. Won't show up. And remember, they they oftentimes struggle at home. But they're going to take on the New York Giants early in the season. And the Cowboys defense is really good. Very fast. Obviously, they've compensated Jalen Smith. You know, they have a tremendous linebacking core. They're seven-point favorites against the New York Giants. Feels like we're getting closer and closer with Ezekiel Elliott. You know, once the number dollar figures come out that they're just south of uh, of Todd Gurley, kind of feel like Zeke signs, feel like he shows up, feels like he takes the contract. And even if he doesn't, I still like the Cowboys. Cowboys are an elite team. Giants are simply not. Giants have helped fix some of their offensive line. They haven't fixed their wide receiver core. And they have Eli Manning, who hasn't looked good so far in the preseason. Give me the Cowboys. Lay the points. still good. It's seven now. If it gets to six and a hook, I feel even better about it. I like the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, new offense. They'll open it up, and they'll thump the Giants.
10: Get busy, baby. Let's do this. It's going down. Really? you want a bat?
2: Is Conor McGregor looking to retire? Um, is, uh, is, Is Conor McGregor looking to retire from professional fighting? Find out next.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show,
2: Fox Sports Radio. Man, we're sharing some great college stories. Uh, that, I think maybe we'll do that on my next All Ball podcast. By the way, the All Ball podcast is available. Uh, my man, Russ Turner, head coach of UC Irvine, a couple of my own thoughts. I'm going to do some, that's what I'm going to do on the next one. We'll do some college stories. College stories, and maybe get a couple of my college roommates, different guys I've room room with on it. Uh, in the meantime, let's get to Ralph Irvin with the press. The press. Press is brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com/slash/credit-scorecard. Limitations apply. Ralph, I didn't. I forgot you went to school with my sister, right? Same dorm?
10: Not same. Same dorm as my sister? Was same co-ed floor? Doors? Wow. Same floor. Coed dorms at UCLA, huh? Yes. Um, As uh, well, for part of the year, and that we were doing seismic renovations, we had to move midway through the year. I did not, did not know that. Um, was she a cheerleader
2: yet? Then I don't she remember. had
10: not become a cheerleader yet. Okay,
2: my sister was a cheerleader. She hates that I mention it because then people pick up the old photos or whatever. She's like, "This is back when carbs were in. When carbs were in. I'm like, my sister's a beautiful woman. Like, this is like no big deal." Although it did lead for many uncomfortable conversations with team with guys I played basketball with when we go to UCLA games. Anyway,
10: uh, what do you got, Ralph? <laughs> well, we'll start off with uh, Ariel uh, Helwani did a long interview with uh, Connor McGregor today in which McGregor says he has no plans to retire from professional partying. From professional partying. That's amazing.
2: Uh, yeah, well, things are going so well for Connor McGregor, like punching a dude in the face at a bar.
10: Well, you know. Yeah, It is what it is. He he has his own style. Yeah, listen. At uh, least he every, didn't involve a, uh, f- a, a dolly or a forklift or anything like
2: that. Every fighter goes out on their back. That's what they always say, right? Every fighter goes out on their back. My guess would be he will come back. It's just a matter of how much not if.
10: Yeah. Yeah, well, he's already gone down on his back twice yeah. in his last two fights. Yep. So. Uh, G- uh, 49ers exp- uh, plan to Give Jimmy Garoppolo a chance to kind of make up for this ugly preseason debut he had this week. He was awful on Monday night and well, he's going to get a lot of playing time Saturday in Kansas city, according to head coach Kyle Shanahan. Okay. So here's something to watch for whatever they do
2: on the first drive. Those are his favorite throws, right? Because right now you're just, it's like you do this in basketball. You want to get a guy, his favorite shots and, and, and get some confidence. You got to get some confidence, in mojo going, whatever they do early, that that those are his first, his favorite throws.
10: Now it better be better than what it was on uh, Monday. He was one for six for zero yards, so can't get much worse. Uh, Andy Reid says that Brett Favre looked like he could still play. So you know the forty nine year old's he's he visited Chiefs camp and let's start the rumors. What Brett Favre? Yeah. Oh, I I look I. I
2: think Brett. There's no doubt Brett Favre could could still play. I mean, I think that's what a lot of these guys now like. Hey, I, I you get hit, you don't get hit anymore. Um, but you know, Favre is in incredible shape. He's done a triathlon, but it's not that you couldn't play for one week. It's how many weeks you could play for. Um, but of course, they have a great relationship. I I want Brett Favre around football a little bit more. I've had some interviews with Brett Favre. It's been some of my favorite things I've done in the sport. In in sports. And he just is an unbelievable, unbelievable uh, guy in terms of likability and storytelling and affability and honestly, self-deprecation. I mean, how many times has he said that that he didn't actually know what the, a dime was, what a nickel was like he admitted to not knowing much about what was going on. And he's kind of gleeful about
10: it. Uh, Drew Locke is not going to be able to play because of a thumb injury for the uh, Broncos this week. So what's he going to do? Well, he's going to hit the virtual realities as twice as hard. It helps a lot being able to see what Flacco does kind of from his angle and things, being able to see every single rep, being able to see what the defense does and get in a ton of different looks.
2: Well, he's trying to hold on to his job, you know, to, to a job, to a backup job. I mean, he's had some ups and downs here in the preseason and now getting hurt doesn't help either. Uh, Drew Locke, who by all accounts... Great dude, good athlete, and we'll be on a team. We'll see if the mental reps are enough to keep him in a Broncos uniform.
10: Now, he had used this uh, technology previously in his sophomore and junior seasons at Missouri, so it's, at least it's not new technology to him. Uh, Carolina Panthers Christian running back Christian McCaffrey has the ambitious goal of joining the 1,000-yard rushing receiving club. Yep. It'll but happen. the— you know, the, it'll, the pain, it'll happen. You know, it's going to happen. It's, go. I
2: think it's going to happen. I, I've said this. Like I have, I think Saquon Barkley's great. I think he's he's a different This guy's a different kind of great. Um, I I really believe that that you're going to watch Christian McCaffrey put himself into the conversation as the
10: best back in the league this year. The interesting thing is, Ron Rivera is obviously very mindful of all the different things that he has to do, and so they're going to try to limit his plays a little bit, just so he doesn't get beat up too much. Yep. Well. Um, it's also one of the reasons he's put on about 10 pounds of muscle. And I think that's going to help him take this beating. At what point does 10 pounds of muscle every year take its toll? Yeah, because I know. He seemed to put on 10, minutes of po- 10 pounds of muscle every year. I don't know if music has realized. I've, I've actually lost 10 pounds.
2: Have you, ever, have you noticed music?
11: I have not, Doug. You're not my fiance, so I don't mind your figure. And I, I just didn't know we, we hugged
2: it out that one day. I didn't know if you got to cop the feel a little bit to understand I've lost some weight.
11: I'm that sneaky, Doug. You didn't even notice.
2: Mm. You don't notice things
11: anymore. We don't talk anymore.
10: We don't talk anymore. All
2: right, Ralph. What else you got?
10: Uh, Le'Veon Bell talking about Sam Darnold says Sam has all the intangibles. He has the mindset. You can see him. He's a competitor every day in practice. He literally wants to get better. It's hard to it's hard to describe someone that's like that because well, I'm like that.
2: I'm like that. I'm like that. I'm your Huckleberry. I'm I'm your Huckleberry. Um. I think Le'Veon's going to struggle to start the season. He's telling now he wants teammates to hit him. He has no idea how he's going to feel. Week one of the season, he'll be okay. But remember, he's kind of a weird guy to play with. Week two, I think he'll struggle. I mean, the first time you get hit and you haven't gotten hit in two years, ooh, your body's going to be sore. I'm not so sure Le'Veon Bell's going to be
10: great to start the season. We will find out because it all gets started uh, September 8th with them. So you
5: know, Hey, get out there and press. That was the press.
10: Ryan, you criticized my taste in movies.
2: I think we can all agree we can criticize your taste in burgers. I well, strongly what,
6: disagree. Why, why do you like well done? Because I'm not a vampire, Doug. I don't go to the chef and go, hey, man, just put the whole cow in the bun and I'm done. No, I'm not.
2: If you ask any chef or any foodie in the world, they will tell you that the less cooked, the better. You can taste the meat more. You only cook the meat more when it's a lower quality well, of meat. If
6: you want to get mad cow disease, you know, have at it. No
2: one's gotten mad cow disease from cooking hamburgers. It hasn't happened. So, the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check me out in the herd tomorrow. Fox Sports Radio.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Bop Kids, Kids Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin.
11: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
7: No purchase necessary. VGW proof. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.